find yourself asking, what's really going on? And what, what don't they want us to know? I'm like, you know, roller skates or something. Yeah, that'll help. <laughs> that'll be my solution. Keep them on edge. Oh, do you reckon if we both had different countries and yeah. we went to war with each other, who do you think would win? Genuinely can't say that that's a bad thing because some of the people that get to the top of where they are have that. Like there's yeah. a metal band, there's alpacas. <laughs> you know, when you label yourself a victim and play the victim, you foster the game. There's some crazy. I have some crazy friends that just humanity is just nothing for them. They're just yeah. like, I'm my own person. I'm like, bro, you just stuck in a rut, man. Drag that mic like this far oh, yeah. away. From yeah, I think it's going to be like a fist and a fist sort of thing. Fist and a fist. So we used to have to s- sing songs. Yeah, that's mad. <laughs> I have to do my raps, but now we had like it was mad actually. My whole music career. <laughs> Not a music bone in my body. It was like that's a crazy story. That's how we'll talk. Yeah, about. we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll start He's a lover, bro. He's a love everything about. It used to be fucking a celebrity voice. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> fucking hell. I remember you coming to like Orange High School during like lunch times or something and signing people's like bags and stuff. See, bro. Yeah. I <laughs> Man, I travel to 76 different places around the world, eh? Holy fuck, fuck. that's sick. Like, born in Orange, I had a, just had a dream of being something. I was like, fuck, what can I be? And then I was, like, always good at things. Like, just good, but never at a high level. Like, I could play basketball, be good at it, and then play soccer, be good at it, footy, and good at it. Like, all at the same level. And then I was just like, nah. Tried it, wasn't good enough. Because I think when I was younger, I got hit back by one of these coaches for soccer. Like, I was, like, the leading, like, scorer for, like, just our regional comp. And then, like, obviously for reps, the highest. And then didn't make it one year because, I, obviously, I just wasn't good enough. There was, like, other people that come through when they added, like, Dubbo Bathurst into the soccer federation, that, that area, the western region one. And there was this one guy that was in my position it was just better than me, just faster, stronger like skill wise I was better than him but just faster stronger bigger and then the coach had to go when I was like 14 and say hey man like yeah you haven't made it this year I think that buckled me it didn't give me the fire to go like fuck I'm gonna train harder just buckled me and I just was like oh fuck soccer and that's when I started dancing but still played soccer because I enjoyed hanging out with mates yep. and I think <clears throat> if I had like someone to push me and go like just get bigger get faster I would have made it in soccer. soccer in soccer yeah but then it was just like yeah that's wasn't meant to be and then dancing came just when i dance it's just a different feeling hey eh? it's probably like the feeling you guys get when you work out just like you just i just you love feel yourself kind of thing yeah it's just <clears throat> like i think the ability of like always with break with break dancing it's just always evolving it's never at one point or there's never there's always someone re like reinventing a move or making a move up so like just it's crazy it would be it's an art form that will never die for for dancers like it might be a trend for people to dance but breakdancing will be like that thing that stays in there forever and you could talk to your like parents back in the day they would have heard or seen somebody that breakdance or or rap dance as they used to call it but like <laughs> I think that's where I got it and I just when you listen to music and then you're moving your body you just get like 
you just have this feeling that no one can tell you what to do that's what i love about it like no one can tell me that i'm doing break dancing wrong or dancing wrong so it's like that's where i'm the free and then once i do all the big power moves head spins that's when you feel like it's just adding on top of your your feeling like fuck man like i feel like i'm flying when i'm doing one move and just having that little escape like your your brain like clears like you could have all this tension in your mind and thinking about stressing about what i have to do need to make more money but when i start break dancing it's like goes it's like a refresher yeah that's fucking, fucking sick i like hearing people talk like passion yeah, yeah. that sort of stuff Bro, fuck it's for anyone that um <laughs> is listening you might have guessed there's a third voice that, <laughs> that, that, that is in 20s <laughs> um so we've got um Eman or emmanuel rodriguez yeah on the podcast um question when the soccer thing <clears throat> happened do you reckon that was a good lesson that you needed to learn or did you just sort of pivot to something else um like a lesson in like it's not just going to be talent that'll get you over yeah definitely i think um for that with with soccer at the time like i, I really wanted to be a soccer player but i didn't like i love my dad and my mom they just never pushed me in in that and in that uh, with with soccer and things so it's just they were just like okay you know try next time but they never had like steps for me to go like okay so you obviously seen that guy that was better than you what let's break him down what was he why 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 was he better i go oh like i don't know he's faster he was stronger then we get better at being faster and stronger if you had that mentor if i had my parents pushing me in that way i know from my ability at that time and that my the raw talent i had i could have got there i reckon in a month like in being better than him and next trials the coaches wouldn't had any excuse not to pick me but because my parents were just like ah, oh, it's all good just keep practicing because they had obviously had other things for them to worry about and stuff so for me i was just like stuff it so obviously i was going into that i'm not good enough feeling that but in my mind at 14 i'm not good enough let's find something else to do and so then one time i was just watching a music video clip uh it was renegades of funk rage against the machines it just Sick. had all these all all these break dancers on the clip and the song was like so powerful like there was a message behind it and so it just catched me i heard the song and i was just like bobbing my head and i was like whoa this is cool and so then i grabbed like a um videotape and i recorded it like quickly recorded it and then i was like didn't look at it the next day i just thought that's cool and then that's sort of where it fested for dancing for me. Sick, man. Yeah. Mm. So the next step, was there like a mentor? Was there much in the way of breakdancing in Orange at that time? Yeah. So like running off that question, was there a mentor for me? And I was lucky enough to um, meet a guy called Dave Engelman. He's a local here. He's, just, he's basically been like a, a older brother to me and um well, still my mentor to this day helps me with a lot of things um he was breakdancing at the pool and so i used to go to the pool a lot with all my mates at the time just because the obviously the orange local pool was the spot to be i remember what, yeah, it used to be it yeah, used to sure. be the spot 100 yeah. you'd go there just to check out girls you're like yeah <laughs> you'd go to school you'd go to school and you're like oh so and so yeah yeah let's go to the pool betcha she'll be there you're like oh the bikini and then a little one piece and you're like shit but anyway back to the um thing yeah so i saw dave um he was just he had his lino mat crazy what, what dude brings a lino mat to the pool 
um, he had his lino mat out on the basketball court and he was just doing windmills and I was like it all clicked in my brain like I watched that clip and I was just like dancing at home and then I saw him and I would just come out of the pool and then I like just it caught me like what wouldn't catch you some dude spinning on their back and doing windmills and doing freezes and dancing to some music so then I just just dried myself off and quickly ran over to him I was like with me being me I just no hesitation I was like hey man and he was like hey and go like can you show me some stuff like I watched this on the on like the on Rage the other day and I was like man this would be so cool and, he, and Dave at that time could have went like nah man like go piss off like this is what I do but he was like yeah man I'll show you some stuff come and showed me like the like the helicopter showed me a few moves and then it that set me up to practice every day and then taught me some handstands and that and I was like man this is awesome do you teach anywhere and he was like nah I just I just do it but I sometimes go up to the PCYC the old PCYC the OG one on Bing Street near the city center and so then from there I was like hey man can you just let me know um, I'll give you a number so obviously you're handing out house numbers at the time yeah. could have, that could have been like this dude but like yeah he was like yeah man and then that's where we formed the relationship and that's where I sort of kept excelling and dancing from there. That's sick, man. How's it work, like, progressing yourself? Like, obviously, you would have been, like, a year or so before, like, you started being like, fuck, I'm actually pretty good at this kind mm. of thing. Is it, like, competitions and stuff to, like, rank yourself higher? Like, it does it, like, how does it work? Is it, like, a, like, how do you get judged? Yeah, so, um, with that, so, the way, um, b-boy competitions... So I'll give you a little rundown. So it's break dancing, but a b-boy is what you call yourself once you've established your style. And it's, it's called a break boy. So with break dancing, it's there was a DJ, there's an MC, there's a break dancer, and there's a graffiti artist. That's the elements of hip hop. And so hmm. with that, um, with the DJ, so obviously MC would get the crowd hyped get involved the dj would play the music for the the parties and stuff like that and there would be always a break in a song and that's where the b-boy break boy would come in and get involved and dance to the break of the dj song yeah cool. so he would track on a track and blah 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 and after that then the art form would come from graffiti so there'd be a lot of those people within that genre would be a graffiti artist or there would be one specialist as a graffiti artist so he would obviously chuck up a massive bombing on the wall like block party da 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 2000 and whatever yeah so that's how you get that one so with the ranking of for breakers there, there was a lot of comps in sydney at the time i was i was breaking but um so you how you would rank yourself so the first like mainstream competition if you guys can remember was the x games if you yeah, can remember yeah. the x yeah. games it's like a they used to have rollerblading skateboarding yeah I bmx that. motocross and then they added breakdancing because it was an extreme sport. We wouldn't classify breakdancing as a sport, but it was just an awesome opportunity for b-boys to come and obviously compete against each other. So it was an excuse to like rank yourself then. So then you would have each each um, crew. You could enter your crew, but then you would have to do like um, before you got on the main stage, you would have to do like a qualifier, which was beat everyone like just backstage in an area and then judges would come in and then you would have your top 10 and then you would have to battle out and we're lucky from orange we had after um developing skills and stuff and getting better 
Dave started to find other people that were interested and we had a little crew and we were called Lethal Combination at the time and um, we went and did the first X Games in 2000 so that's how we sort of just got it growing in, in Orange well Dave got it growing I just was part of it and just riding the wave with him and just I was young to sort of like help people get like um, at the same level I just was just all about myself with development and stuff like that so we used to go up to Sydney it was crazy because there was no YouTube there was no anything else for for us to learn from so Dave used to actually get breakdancing tapes sent from Germany and it would take like a month or so to get over here and when he was like E-man guess what I got battle of the year 98 and I was like holy shit and I'd like run over I'd be like mom dad I gotta go I'll be back run over to his house lucky he only lived down the road and I was like is it on and he's like let's go bro and we sat there had other boys watching it and it'd be like the best in Germany battling it out so that's we'd go watch the tape then we'll go to the PCYC train for like six hours or whatever and then in my in my era I had we were like the trial and error so we had to just watch it and learn or just figure it out ourselves with youtube now you've got tutorials you should if i was to teach someone i should be able to get them to a standard within six months yeah with that six months said it took me two years to get to where people could get to right now yeah so yeah then we used to go um so we go back to topic so how we would rank yourself you'd go to comps in sydney and then you'd battle the best of their one in new south wales and then you would sort of, in your mind, you, if you won that competition, you knew you you ranked higher than every other crew because you would know the crews would come back consistently, like Nervous Breakdown, SKB, um, Cream Team, uh, Will, Skill at Will, all these different teams. And so, um, yeah, you would slowly rank yourself that way and then bigger comps would come because, you know, we'd get traction and then it started to become a trend it goes in a cycle like breakdancer will be a trend for a while and they'll go hidden stay nice and like steady and then someone will pick it up or some big dance thing will come up and go like, oh we need breakdancers again and so that's sort of how you rank yourself but then internationally people will know you because they obviously watch who's the best in australia yeah and then like then that's where you compete we've got a pretty good level in australia at the moment but because it's in the Olympics now. Like, it was announced for the next Olympics. Yeah, that's, like, another crazy little thing. Like, I've actually been in talks with, like, the sports commissioner here in Australia about trying to find the right people for our team. Yeah. For the for the Olympics. But um, I have, like... So, my heritage is Filipino. So, I was lucky enough to play rugby sevens for my motherland. So, the, for the Philippines. So, then I've had connections with their sports commissioner. So I have like the opportunity to then now help back home. It'll be harder because we don't won't have the same amount of funding, but I think it will be for me um, just for my heritage, just because I'm not very fluent in my the language and I think it would be an awesome way for me to give back. So I think I will go and help their national team. Yeah. Yeah, see, that, like that's that. bad. So yeah, but yeah, so it's just... It's crazy. So now, like you said, the it's almost in the Olympics. It's like, it's another thing for kids to grab onto yeah. and go like, I want to be the the b boy. So if they market it right, it should be able to stay, stay in the games for a long time as well, and have kids actually going like, I want to be a breakdancer, which is a good thing. A lot of b boys is like that. No, we got to keep to the art form. We got to keep to the essence that elements, but. Everyone forgets if you're teaching kids 
about the essence of where it was from and the elements and why b-boying was started it was to stop the violence and stuff you're still going to get that and you're going to get an evolution of that even if it's in the olympics i know it's yeah. such a big thing and you're like you're taking it away from the essence but you're evolving it which is what i i agree with like you're going to get kids you're going to get more people interested in breakdancing even if they're just learning to be this is what it is but if you have the right people in there at the start then you're going to get you're going to get crazy b-boys and you're going to get the correct foundation for it yeah yeah yeah, yeah I was because I was going to ask so like did it start as like an underground thing or was it has it always sort of been around dance schools and dancing and things like like, like I, know, I know powerlifting powerlifting's like fucking super underground no, no one gives a fuck about powerlifting except powerlifters yeah no like it's crazy you say that um, it the reason why it all started it was started in the in the Bronx and it was it was a way to like um, sort of set um, because at the time there was a lot of crime and violence and things like that they wanted peace and unity so they used like the elements of hip hop like MCing, DJing breakdancing um, graffiti as a way of battling people without violence and it sort of still gives you that same feeling about owning like your territory or being the best at this and having that battle with like wordplay with exchanging um, exchanging your dance moves and how you do it it's, it's funny when you're battling as a b-boy it's like you have to analyze this guy's moves and go like okay he's doing this uh he's hitting the music so there's musicality so how he's hitting the beat with his movement um how he's flowing how is he like it's like a story like you've got to have your start got to have your middle of your dance moves and then an end so you're stopping so you're showing people you're telling a story while you're dancing it's not just about, oh, he's got crazy <clears throat> moves. It's how you actually, you can be the best at power moves and doing everything, the best at this, but you can have a guy that's funky, killing the beat, killing the music, and people are going to just look at him and be like, bro, this guy's killing it, and he's not doing the hardest stuff, you know what I mean? So it's just the way how it sort of evolved in that way. So anyone can be a b-boy. They can just have, to, it's just the way they carry themselves. So I don't really think it was too underground. It was just... Um, it was just I wouldn't say it was out there it was just different it was in its own little genre and it, the cool thing about it it sucked people into wanting to do what they're doing because it was like it's just set off like how you say with powerlifting I think people now it was underground but people now are seeing people doing it and they're wanting to be a part of it instead of just going to the gym and going like okay I obviously want to have personal growth but I want to test myself. I, so if I'm right, I think powerlifting is that next stage for people to go, let's go. This is I, I love it because I've been blessed enough to be at One Strength and seeing competitions. And it's like it's a, it's a vibe. Like it's, it's a different vibe. And I think people that want to get into it and want to do it, I think it's they should like get involved with the correct people because there's sometimes you might have a powerlifting competition where it's just like people that are not developing it right it's like this guy's the best so you know and there's no people that are pumping it up with the one i went to one strength and i got to watch was the cool thing about it was everyone was in, encouraging but they're still trying to beat the next person and that's how it has to be to mm. evolve it because you obviously want to be better than the next person because there's no point in having competition if you don't want to beat x and y or that kind of thing and i think for your for that i think it's it's on its own little 
platform just like how breaking is and hip-hop in general so i think the main thing with the two elements there is just people soak into doing what yeah you're 100%. Doing. so you're just doing what you do and you you'll get people just wanting to do it yeah 100 percent. so yeah what was the point where it became from like was a hobby for you and then like the path kind of lit up and you're like shit like this is actually going to be something for me like what was the what was the turning point for that yeah that's just i think going like being at school and not knowing what i wanted to do and having breakdancing there at the time like academically i was pretty average pretty good at certain things and then just knowing that every day i wanted to practice i wanted to be like a dancer so i sort of had that in in the middle of my mind not the back of my in my mind like in the middle i was like this is where i am it's either i'm gonna go do this or do or do that and i think that's the main thing was one of the school teachers saying to me saying to me i said one day i want to be a motivational speaker and also like one of the best dancers and she goes like well dancing is probably something you can do but motivational speaking you probably can't because your english is crap and i was like hey like ruthless <laughs> just, dead set ruthless. Brutal. like brutal and in my mind me being me i just smiled off and i was like oh yeah you're true that's right my english is pretty crap but in my in my back of my mind i was like bro but you're fat and ugly so shut up but, <laughs> but i didn't say it i was just like i was just like okay i get it maybe i'm just gonna practice getting my english at a point where people are like he's good <laughs> yeah. so but that's when it sort of pushed me when i had someone tell me like i can't do it i think that's when i just pushed myself in my art form which was b-boying and practicing and then when i used to go to comps i in sydney and stuff i was like actual person people wanted a beat so i knew i knew that there was something there for me and then i just had to keep going to comps and then i realized like i connected with a lot of different people was like hey man i think you could come and do this and it was like a little commercial i did for them i said could you come do this or wear these clothes sponsor you to do this and i think that's when i got that little bit of a taste of like it opportunity in sydney where i was like yeah you can do it i was getting good money for a commercial i did something i don't can't remember exactly the first commercial but i just did some break dancing and then they were just like okay um you can um it was not a hobby anymore like yep. it was just something i was like i could like, actually be a professional uh dancer at that time so yeah i think it was a turning point after high school where i was like Okay, at this stage, I think I want to push dancing. What was the lead up? Because weren't you on like a Australia's Got Talent or something? Or mm. what What was the lead up coming into that? Like, How did I get there? Yeah. Yeah, I think... Um, so, it was a really cool opportunity. There was a guy that I met in the dance scene. His name was Morris June. He was like a... He, he created dance teams. He created crews. So, then I, I just... Um, I just was like, um, yeah, he was, sorry, back to that. Uh, he was at a, a comp and he was like, hey, man, he was a creator of dance teams. He was like, hey, man, you're awesome. I've seen you past couple of years. Like, I create dance teams. Yeah. And my idea is to, like, you know, get you on board on my vision that I had. And this was the first time I actually had a person, like, knowing what he wanted yeah. to come up to me and go like you can be part of what i'm doing yeah if you wanted so i was like oh yeah man i was open-minded to it too he was like a, a christian dude he only, he worked out of a church which was crazy so he he was like hey these are the teams that i've made and he had he showed me like the like crews like psalms and all these dance teams that won comps like yeah. 
for years like he just won it and i was just like oh and he showed me a couple of guys in the crew that were just like on another level like i was like whoa this is crazy they're b-boys and they're dancing too yeah so there's another element to where where i could go so i think um meeting him was a cool um cool step in my my journey and he he came down he just got married like two weeks ago he came down to orange with his uh wife at the time stayed just to meet my mum and dad like just yeah to meet, right. just yeah i was 18 he goes he came down to meet mum and dad and go hey like your son's real talented like i'd love to take him under my wing and have him in one of my dance teams that i'm yep. creating and i was just like well this guy really obviously wants me to get involved and um mum and dad at the time was like yeah cool he's not doing anything um yeah it's all good like they were open to where i was going he was there. he has to move to sydney and I, I run out of a church and so obviously my parents are a little bit um a little bit religious they like they like people that they thought know, that was going to like ground you kind of yeah, thing at ex- least keep you like yeah, yeah exactly yeah. like ground me in that and so um they're like okay cool so then i went off on this little journey when i was 19 straight away just went into this dance team and like he was like hey man like i got uh, there's a few things i gotta let you know that like i don't know where you are in your belief in god where i run out of a church like i run my program out of a church yeah um so you'll be living at a house that's provided by the church and all they want you to do is to come to church on sundays this is for all of the all of the crew members like come to church on on sunday and like you either you just got to attend don't look at it like where i'm trying to suck you in which was a really cool thing like he wasn't trying to get me yeah 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 Yeah. which was mad so it then gave me the opportunity to go like okay i'm interested yeah when you get somebody interested about something and then you find them that they're passionate about it you sort of just soak into yeah you let them spark the interest and then it's up to them to find to find their way into the interest of it yeah so you're gonna you would have resisted probably more if he was like you gotta come you gotta read the bible every fucking night yes exactly and so it worked out well like we i lived rent free for two years being underneath this uh dance captain church um guy boris june and then like we i got to meet the boys a couple of the boys that were in justice crew at the time and we formed an awesome relationship as as boys and then um we got to travel with this group all around australia doing heaps of like um awesome church events like youth groups um massive platforms from hillsong jam from black stump these all these big christian events they have and so at the time i was just like this is so cool i really and just at that time i got a taste of being able to speak on stage and the reason why i was dancing and my the cool thing is that our creative director morris the guy that did he didn't care what i said on the mic he that we're at a christian festival he goes it's more pure coming from you where you're yep. learning at this stage he goes i just want you to be honest when you're talking on the on the mic to these kids you know what i mean and like every time i go hey i don't i don't know where i'm at with god but like this opportunity like is from god like yeah, so, yeah, you know what yeah. i mean I'll, i wouldn't tell kids like i've heard a couple of preachers that like i don't know where they're at and then you hear that they're preaching hard out and then you find out that they've done something on yeah. another level that you're just like wow like and then you're so he's saying the main thing is when you're talking to people in this belief like believing in jesus and stuff is to be pure to yep. be honest like don't don't lie yeah, then yeah, you're, yeah you're making the religion false and i don't obviously 
And then I had that opportunity to just share my testimony on like my life and how I got to where I was and stuff like that. So that just opened up. So then that's when I sort of got that belief in religion. I know it's a bit side topic, but it's just coming out. So that's where my journey went, met all real cool people. And then our crew broke up because uh, we were together and things happened. And then, so then I was in Sydney at the time. So then um, I was with my partner and my fiance now. So we've been together since then. So we've been together for ages. I love her. Hey. Um, <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so that's when she's a dancer too. So, so then, was she dancing at the time? Is that how you met her? Yeah, she was yep. actually in our dance group actually in psalms at the time too yeah so you can imagine some of the reasons why things could have broken <laughs> up because you know relationships formed in that yeah but, and then yeah so then we ended up making just the all boys crew yep and that's where it sort of slowly um we were when when we're winning all those sydney comps those the boys from justice crew were all in different teams besides um me and samson and solo were all in one and then, like, the twins, Len and John, were in their own crew. Paulie was in his and Lucas was in his. So they, their crews all broke up and we were like, hey, let's make a super crew. And so Morris, obviously, with his experience, um, was like, hey, let's run it out of um, just we'll run it as more of a commercial kind of team and like yeah. we'll do what you have to do to obviously make money. So then we generated an idea on how to be um, a dance crew to uh, make money. So after that that's the next step so we were a crew in 2008 justice crew 2008 we're just doing gigs here and there just building our profile getting better and better and then um yeah we our dance team we just didn't lose any comps in australia at all for ages i don't know if we ever did lose one no we didn't ever lose like a comp we ever entered in australia in general with Justice Crew, and then um, we went over to the World Hip Hop Championships because we thought, after being a crew for ages, and then we had like people that were helping us with marketing and stuff. We were like, hey, if we were to bring a gold medal back to Australia, yeah, that we're gonna get sponsorships. We're gonna get people throwing money at us. We're gonna get people wanting to be involved in our brand, yeah, etc., yeah, etc. Yeah. So we're like, let's go. So we entered um, the World Hip Hop Championships. Fifty crews around the world entered it, and we we're just like, yeah, we can win this. And then, um, yeah, we went all nervous because it was huge. It was like the biggest stage we've ever where, been Where was on. it? In Vegas, Las Vegas yeah, at right. that time. Yeah, right. That would have been sick. So it was insane. You're meeting crews from around the world. Like every, like, it was insane. So at the time we competed, there was other couple of other Australian teams there as well. So we all created an awesome bond. And then we went on stage. We did our qualifying round and we... We killed it, but we made heaps of mistakes. Like, yep. If we made no mistakes, easily top eight, easily. And then the judging panel changes. So that's more to do with like crowd favorites because yeah, we got okay. a sta- standing ovation in our qualifiers. Yeah. Like everyone was up because the, the routine was insane. There was actually a really good structured routine, but we just had too many like falls because we had too many big tricks. Yeah. And obviously a lot of the boys were just like, Nervous, so, as hell nervous, and, yeah. nervous. Like we perform every, every day, every freaking day, every show, every, and then that's we just sort of caked it, but we loved the experience, and we came tenth, which was crazy. Yeah, out of fifty, out of fifty, I know. Like thinking about it, we could have won it, but then we went back, came back to Australia after it, and all of the boys were sort of just like, 
our dreams were sort of like dying a little bit. Yeah, you kind of saw it was like out. the big opportunity, and you felt like you kind of like miss a miss a shot a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So then all the boys went back to work. Um, the two twins went back to like working at Audis. Um, myself, Samson, and Solo, we just went back to like trying to get gigs as a three piece and um we obviously were in the dancing or dance industry so a lot of like people we knew if they needed a guy that did tricks or breaking would all separately go to there yeah but we stayed linked as a crew we had like one rehearsal here and there as a team we caught up a lot but we sort of didn't have that fire that we had and then the twins were like hey mum just saw this um ad on the tv about australia's got talent we're looking for talent and so the boys are like let's do it and i was like yeah and that's where it was that still in 2008 or was that like 2010 yeah right so yeah. sorry so that whole year yeah. we just had was just like do your own thing boys but yeah. we'll keep in touch i went on to doing so you think you can dance 2009 with my yeah, partner right. yeah me and Pania did season two together so that was another big boost for me individually so that's when it just opened up heaps of things i was doing more commercials i was doing heaps of workshops i was doing like i was i was making money for myself and pioneer at the time so we were good and obviously i i having that fame i would always help the boys out yeah i'd be like hey we've got a gig together or like hey let's i'll come and busk with you guys and just you know let's do it whatever yep. i can do to help because i was always for the boys the team the crew i just still had that vision i was like we can still kick it and we'll still do yep. it and so within that time the boys did their own things and then 2010 the opportunity came and then we did australia's got talent first edition we smashed it we we did it we did it in front of carl sanderlands brian mcfadden and danny minogue and they were like oh my god we got a standing ovation and it was on tv it was really good and we we're like yes we made it to the semi-finals but um it was a couple of days before the next show that um, they didn't get back to us. So we were like, what the hell? We just got a standing ovation. We, the judges said, you're in, you're in, and you're in. And we didn't get an email because it was in Melbourne-based. So yeah. we, we, they flew us, uh, they did the Sydney one. And then they flew us, um, flew us back to Sydney from Melbourne. And then the, they didn't email us back. And I was like, what the hell? Like the show's like in a They're week. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, oh, they must have went a different way. And the boys were like, and we sort of got a bit discouraged. I was like, what the hell? This is dumb. And so I was like, crap, stuff it. I'm going to email them or ring them or get a number from someone and figure it out. And then I rang them and they're like, oh my God, we've been trying to contact you <laughs> oh, like for ages. Since you got in, we try to contact you from the day and I've had the team try to find you guys. Yeah. And I was like, what? We gave you the email. And then we just realized that, yeah, is this your email for whoever? And they had it wrong by uh, like a letter or like something within their thing, yeah, their yeah. name. So just fully. And that like whole thing could have completely changed your whole career. Exactly. Like so, that one tiny little fucking mistake. So I just was like, yeah, cool. And then they go like, bro, we need you guys on a plane tomorrow. And I was like, crap. And rang the twins. I was like, hey, are you working tomorrow? And they're like, yeah. I go. We, we made it to the show, but something happened with the emails. And they're like, whoa, but i got to work. Like, i got this and this. And I was like, we'll make a decision. We need you. And then they both quit their job. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they just both quit their job. They're like, okay. And we're in. I said, what are we doing? And, and then everyone just had to pack their stuff, gears. I don't know. We're to stay at someone's house. Be at the airport at this time. I was like, okay, we'll just we'll all stay at one person's house. So we're not, none of us are late. And whatever money we'll have, we'll just use it to get to the airport. Yeah. 
<clears throat> and so we got on the plane, we got to Melbourne, and I was like, go. we had to do the same routine because they wanted to film it for the show. Yep. So we were lucky enough to have that buffer. We had that routine, did it, got into the semifinals, and they like had enough time to practice. But we didn't have anywhere to practice, so it, we used to practice just in the front of the entertainment center in Sydney because yep. they had awesome reflecting mirrors, and it was like a free dance studio. Like Everyone would go there to practice because you'd yeah, get right. it. Yep. And obviously, we just did. We made the routine there, the semifinal one. Um, then we we got to the grand final. And then the crazy story is that I brought all the boys back to Orange because we started to get fame slight fame for it so our focus was sort of like dying off a little yeah. bit like people people started knowing Justice Crew like oh my god it's the group because yeah. you'd perform and then it would give you two weeks so you'd have that two weeks and people would see you around Sydney like we know you you're on the TV show you're Justice oh, yeah, Crew yeah, you're the local yeah. boys you do this for the youth centres blah 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 so as I know the boys got distracted a little bit in that taste of fame Yeah. and so after that it, we just jumped on uh, I was like, man, we need to isolate ourselves and sort of lock down. And just focus on the, yeah. And then, yeah, it came to Orange and we made the routine here in Orange. We used um, Central West Gym. Um, Livo was, gave us his little room to practice in and then we were killing it there. And then he didn't have enough time to put us in again. So then we went out to Molong. So the Molong Hall was where we put everything together. Like we won. Australia's got talent from creating the thing in the Molong Hall. So if you're listening, anyone from Molong, you're listening, shout out to you guys. Yeah, that's mad. It was crazy. We we just isolated. So then we did the routine and it was crazy. And all the boys are tired because we practiced 10 hours, break, eat, 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 and practice. Like because we wanted it that bad. And so after that, we traveled to Melbourne, got on stage, performed it, another standing ovation, killed it. And we're like, we've got this. I swear we've got this. But we always think, because those talent shows, they always get a singer to win. Or yeah, yeah. What yeah. would they do? What would they do with Justice Crew? Like, yeah. what could they do? And then obviously Sony Music has the rights to have the... Like you get a contract with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A contract with them once you win. So then I'm like, oh, my man, we might not win. They might, whatever. So we're a bit nervous. But with the crowd and the public, we knew we won. Like yep. we knew like this is it. And it was funny because Kyle Sanderlands used to come up to us and go, boys, what are you going to do with the money? Should we go to the casino? And we're like, far out, man. Stop <laughs> like, stop doing it. And Brian McFadden was like, hey, boys, like you need a manager. I got you guys. And like, we're just like, wow. And so... Yeah, and then we're on stage, and then they announced Justice Crew winning Australia's Got Talent for 2010, and then straight away, that's when our life changed. That moment, bang, changed it. We were just the hottest dance crew in Australia, 2010. Yeah, you would have made fucking waves internationally with that win, too. Yeah, it was massive. We got to go on Britain's Got Talent later on, like after. We got to do, like, heaps of crazy things. But that first step, um, when we won... We got off the plane. We did every... We hung over ads. We'd done every single morning show in Melbourne. Flew back to Sydney. And then literally, we'd come out of the terminal and there was like 40 cameras, different like TV shows. Like I'm talking like massive. Like people on the plane like were just buzzing out that we were on the same plane as them. We were like all together and you could see like people just looking at us. And I was like, what the hell? You would have felt like A-list celebrities. Like huge. Bro, straight off the bat, like massive and then we did all the morning shows and like 
people didn't know that all of us had like negatives in our bank account like no money we were broke yeah. <laughs> we were all waiting for that check to clear yeah like, the 250k divided by seven come on baby hurry up and clear right now so we could pay off all our debts yeah like just live lavish for a little bit that we had and then so did you guys get picked up by like a sony you producer in that because that's what you were saying at the start yeah that's man like it, it was that was even this is just everyone know this i'm a local boy born and raised in orange like that's just you know and then <laughs> going out winning australia's got talent sony music just the director the ceo of australasia his name's dennis henley he goes to us puts us in this big board meeting you could like just think of a movie like this board meeting we open the doors and they have all the biggest australian artists around australasia we had like bloody human nature there kylie minogue like all these big names that everyone loves like jimmy bar like craziness like in this big meeting room like you can imagine the technology at that time in 2012 sony music had it like big yeah. ass tvs in a calm like like everything <laughs> crazy when you walk in here like the best of the best like alcohol everywhere like from all different places it's like ceos like little meeting place it's like you've made it when you walk through these doors like yeah. big red doors it's freaking crazy and he sat us down with like these big executive um music executives producers at the time like massive everyone and all the big staff members like everything and it was justice crew against all these people and they're like yeah congratulations man on winning australia's got talent oh we just want to ask you a question um can any of you guys sing and i just looked at him i was like straight away yeah we can sing we can rap but we can't <laughs> but i was just the opportunist i was like yeah 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 we work can it, say it you can and work it out later exactly yeah. that was that's my mentality i was just like yeah and he goes like oh and he was like yeah are you serious he was like i was like yeah we can and then he goes well um he looked over to his A&R guy like we'll find these guys a song and then the boys are like yep found us a song and then from there it's like boys like what are we gonna do i was like bro we sing in the van and stuff you guys some you could guys can rap I, i'll give it a mad crack who cares we'll just practice like yeah fucking give it a go don't let's go let's go and yeah. the boys are like yeah let's go and they got all hyped and then we got the song our first song and then we danced for justice crew and then um yeah we just ham- hammered it out and like it was cool because then we characterized each member like oh solo you can you be the, became like cool. a boy band basically yeah because yeah. we needed to think of dancers because dancing can only take you so far yep as an individual dancer you can be a, as an individual you can go sky's the limit yeah as a crew limited yeah you know what i mean so that was the platform so we did music and obviously we we're like hey we can do our own music video clips we got the dancing we can make visually yep. dope ass yeah and so that's that was a, a bonus for us and then he liked the first song and then it went off got them heaps of money and then it gave us gigs so yeah. more gigs so justice crew was open so then like corporate like just to have justice crew this will blow your mind right this is this will blow your mind just to have when we're at a point of our career where we're the highest yeah like everyone wanted justice crew so corporations big businesses we did Swiss Vitamins first as our first major one. They gave us 250K off the bat. Fuck. So then there's that money into our pool. Yep. Then to have Justice Crew for an hour, 30K. Just for an hour, 30K. Flight, combination, all have to be paid for within our contract yep. and 30K on top. People paid it like nothing. So we're doing three gigs a month. So that's 90K, yep. right? 
split between our management, us. Like Sony didn't get any of the, any of that. Yep. Sony got all our music rights. Yeah, they got yeah, okay. every bit of music we did. So we yep. didn't see anything. I still see royalties yep. for the music we did and whatever music I'm in. And so like the last check I looked at from the last um, PPA was like, I think I got like 1100 bucks. Yeah, right. Which was pretty cool. Yeah, but I was making bank when I was at the start. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. the thing. And then, um, yeah, just, yeah, 30K for us for an hour. We just knocked out three gigs a month. There's 90K. We'll make it's pretty people- crazy to think for yourself too, like, fuck, people are paying to have me, like, in their facility. Yeah. For, like, especially for, like, where you came from and stuff. 100%, yeah. man. Like, and that's, and we just got bigger. We are just climbing. When you said you had to, like, characterize yourself, like, you had to pick your, did you just have to pick your own individual kind of character kind yeah. of thing? So, yeah. th- so you were, like, Sporty Spice? Or yeah, like, like yeah. basically, like, you <laughs> knocked it on run of the E-Man, yeah. you were Sporty Spice. But I was. I was probably, like, the sporty athletic guy. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. And then Samson and Solo, like, Samson was, like, the smooth, quiet guy. And then... Solo was like the like the um like the ladies man slash produ- producer dude yeah and the twins were like the the cool the girls want to be with the twins yeah. kind of the crush your, yeah. your crush and then Wild Rock was the he was like the metalhead like metal because he was into rock and yeah okay. he was that kind of the punky guy how did you come up with those did they well, we get, just sort of we sort of just sat just down and we sat yourself into yeah that we thing. had to like yeah. sort of do it to market us better yeah like to sort of get us further we yeah. just sort of market ourselves so we dress slowly dressed ourselves in that way yeah and so we basically were ourselves yeah <laughs> and so it just worked out well yeah man and so that's how we sort of market ourselves and it helped us individually um as well get to where we needed to get to so yeah, yeah but like having all that money i was just i wish at the time like i have money saved but i could have i could have like had at least six different properties. Easily. How, how, how old were you when this was all going on? <laughs> 20, 20. Oh, bro, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, I'd be the same. I'd be like, free. Yeah. I just wish I had the mentality now yep. to have the money. I, I was making like, I think it was like two, eight a week. Yeah. But you got to think of what I was doing for work. What I you would love start doing as well. I was yeah. starting work at 5 p.m. in the afternoon yeah. for two hours, just yeah. making a routine. Yeah. I'd be going around. Like, that would be my lifestyle. would be rehearsing or recording music. Like, there was nothing too physical or mental for my brain for three years. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? But I used to just buy. I was like, went through a car fad. Like, I had, like, I was into Jeep Wrangler, so I was seeing your one out there. I had all the Jeeps. Yeah. Then I had, like, I bought a Nissan 200SX, like, fully done up. And just, like, dropping money. Like, buying them outright. Like, not mucking around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like no one had no one to like, I wish I had like a mentor in that area of putting my money in good places. So I could have like, there was one time we did a tour, a national tour of Australia, right? Yep. We knew that we bought all our stuff from Indonesia, all our stuff. So we cost, we're buying our stuff for like nothing really. So we got like 10, we spent 10 grand on all our merchandise for the whole tour around Australia. Yep. From shirts, hats, um, CDs. Oh, they Sony gave us the CDs um, from. Oh, actually, we bought the CDs, so then we could pay, get the money off that. So yeah, we spent all that money, and then um, 
the return on getting all that stuff was massive. Yeah. So I would have literally sitting on my bed, like I think at the one stage I had 50K cash yeah. for myself on yeah. the bed. And when you're like 20, 21 too. 20, 22. 20, yeah. I think I was 21. Yeah, 21, big. Yeah, I think we just had uh, maybe 30, 35K of cash just yeah. in $100 bills, like thinking I'm a freaking rock star. Matt, and if I was smart enough, I would go buy something in orange. Yeah. Like at that time when I was 22, I'm 32 now, that's 10 years ago, I would have had like a place paid for. Man, you still look 22. <laughs> and so like, yeah, just chuck. That's the only regret I have in my whole justice I, 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 But honestly, I think that would have been the, the same situation for any 21 year old dude yeah, in, back that, in, in that thing yeah definitely yeah. just makes it harder now when you have four kids yeah, <laughs> knowing yeah, that yeah. you blew all that money but I yeah. can teach my kids like well that's but it's what a I've lesson that doing. you learn as well like yeah. it was a necessary if yeah yeah, it was a necessary lesson <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> definitely man it was and it's just like yeah definitely and just I went then I went did the we did a tour with Pitbull and Kesha in the whole of North America. So we were Fuck. there for three months in America. Yeah. So I got all my visas. I still got my American visa stamped. Like I could go work work there. Yeah, right. Which was gangster. Um, and yeah, just did all of that with the boys. And it was good experience. Like we did have a falling out just because our visions went different ways. And we didn't have like what could have helped us would have been like vision plans. Yeah. Like meeting up every every two weeks to sit down as the boys and see where we want to go and you how just we- have like a manager that kind of yeah and no, our manager that was crazy our manager was smart yeah. he was a very businessman yeah so he didn't care about what we did as long as we provided a good service yeah okay. he didn't spend time to go hey boys you need to put your money here or there yeah we didn't like if i was to i eventually want to go into management to help artists because yep. i know that management is smart but i reckon he he would take twenty percent off everything we made. I think that's way too high for what he did. Fuck, yeah. But then you got to look at it. He is the best in the industry. David Champion. If you check him out, he's this um, English man. He's ah, oh, bro. He could talk anyone into like getting these dudes to be on your show. Yeah. Or over anyone, he could talk. Like he was amazing. Like he taught me a lot about business and how to shark. Yeah. That makes sense. Like, like. You know, he was philosophies like there's sharks out there. You just got to be the bigger shark. Yeah. And I yeah. got, I got, I got, he was, he's smart because he had us, Justice Crew, Jessica Malboy. Um, he had um, Stan Walker, Reese Maston, um, Five Seconds of Summer for a bit. Yeah. He had all these groups. So what he would do, I figured it out later, is like whoever was the hottest at the time, he would get heaps of gigs for them overbook them to then go like oh sorry uh so and so can't make this book but then options are jessica malboy justice yeah Creed. gotcha so yeah yeah they would be getting the same or even more yeah and then you got to take 20 percent off say they were 30k off his seven artists so he was just making bank yeah like off booking gigs yeah right so 20 percent had to be paid to him straight away before any of us knew about like the movement of us going. So if he didn't get his 20% off the bat... You weren't doing shit. He wouldn't do... We weren't doing yeah. no show. Yeah. He was uh, like redirecting <coughs> us to another show. He would always want always want us to eat, but as long as he is eating more. Yeah. 
in his way because obviously he was this he had he had, he then set his management up and then he had his members of the team do this do that do that you go with the boys whatever they need runners with us yeah so we always had a manager but not the main manager but you knew when you were hot when he come yeah with okay you. yeah yeah so we knew we were hot for ages yeah so we did the whole North America one and then that sort of got him into the American market but he worked alongside Sony as well yep. so he was in sony so he wouldn't fight for the ideas we would have because he was part of sony yeah you know okay. so if sony was yeah. like we need them to do this but it didn't fall right with us we couldn't fight it so we didn't have a manager to go like nah well the boys want more money for this or they want this or this yeah he'd be like boys you got to just do it and we're like all right we'll just have to do it yeah okay do you reckon you would have went further with it if you guys were handling your own stuff a little bit more yes yep personally i think we would have we would have seen like it was a good a good way for us to understand the industry yeah. and how it worked which yeah. was really good we're in the perfect position to see how things roll and there's a lot of stuff that i don't agree with being in the industry seeing this kind of stuff yeah you'd probably they- be able to see it now with like you'd probably just see artists in the news and stuff shit that's happening with them you could probably get an idea of like oh, what's going on in the background easily yeah easy and the bigger the artist is too the more shit they've probably got fucking going on oh and it's crazy and like at our time instagram and all that social media stuff was just growing yeah we were at that point where we just had to market with the market sony but now as an artist you don't need record nah, numbers. i was i was Zero. gonna say you didn't have instagram or anything back then to kind of market yourselves no nah. yeah so if we did then we would have been sweet we yeah. could have pushed okay guys cool and then pushed ourselves because then we could have been where the hottest dance group obviously showed our credentials to people yeah and then bada bing bada boom that's where it sort of went but i think i could if i look at it now there's so many different things i could have um done to excel myself as an individual and how i led the crew because i was under like the unspoken leader so yep. I was a bit hard on the boys, yep. like really hard on like sticking to our vision and sort of like pulling them back in things they wanted to do as individuals. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Yep. And like their paths, because obviously I wanted to keep them in in the one vehicle to be pushing what was making us the yeah. thing. Yep. So I think that's what got the boys a lot because um, I wish I was was able to be like, hey man, like I understand where you're going with your vision, with your stuff. As long as you're doing that on the side, all good. But when it comes down to our services, yeah, justice crew, I need you there, hundred yeah, percent. And I'll get, only yeah. pull you up when it's starting to be like, like this is your main focus. Because at that point, you guys were being coming like a family that are all going through the same thing together. Yeah, kind of want to be all for the one thing together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so at that time, it just sort of went a bit sideways. And then I had an opportunity with Red Bull to be a TV host. Yeah, right. So that's when I sort of left the crew. That's when I made the decision, like, I'll go solo. Yeah. How, and how did the Red Bull thing go? Like, Oh, amazing. I got to travel with to Japan, um, got to travel to um, Korea, um, America, um, Brazil, like that, Europe like do you see yourself wanting like in the future doing that sort of stuff again again or? yeah definitely I, the opportunity arised i will jump straight back on it because it was just cool and i think and my state where i'm at again i'm ready to um go back into that kind of and explore those avenues and again. stuff like that yeah yeah i think red bull was a really cool thing it's um it was it was really good to understand like that different side of it being a TV host to yep. being like you have your producers with you, and they can script right for you there and then yep. wherever you are, and then you have your camera team 
so it's really easy and it was crazy because it was an individual thing so it was funny i couldn't really rely on falling back onto the other boys to like yeah, sort of okay. jump in to do yep. like thing. it was all to do with my ability and skill so yep. then it just made me go wow i need to upskill on these areas and stuff like that so it was a really cool experience going to work for red bull and there was more experiences uh, more opportunities with them but i had to live in sydney and had to stay there because that's the hub yeah I come okay. back to orange yeah what out of all of that sort of stuff because like when you were speaking before about like the whole build-up of like the the australia's got talent and stuff yeah it's kind of that kind of little moment there where like you're building up and like you're like seeing your dreams kind of come true before your eyes mm. it's almost like as satisfactory as like the end result you mm. know what i mean like yeah that like is just as exciting is like doing like the stadium tours and all that sort of stuff yeah yeah because i could see it on your face when you were talking like you were smiling most when you were talking about oh, all right. of that sort of stuff coming up like that's an experience that like very few people will ever have exactly yeah. i I'm, I'm very grateful and blessed for those opportunities always and being able to like tell my story about it and wanting people to experience the same thing is something that i live for and being able to like you know see people's little visions grow yeah. like how you guys have got the show and i can see like in my mind from where i was i can always see how the show can amplify and be big for other yeah. people to see and yeah you'd be sitting in that seat too with like um doves and dimes like your own dance studio yeah where you can see younger guys coming up and you're like fuck this kid's gonna like go to this place or like even with the olympics and stuff that you were talking about just then yeah like it's cool to be on like you're also like on that roller coaster going up with them but you're kind of watching them and you're like fuck like this is gonna be fucking cool for you like you yes gotta, yeah exactly and knowing their abilities like with our school shout out to doves and dimes um here in orange like we're a different dance school i know there's a lot of amazing dance schools here yeah. that offer their services but with the reason why i think my crew my dance school is the best is just like um obviously with my credentials and Pani's credentials but how we're running it it's like we're trying to create people for the industry yeah like for for what we've done yeah and knowing the potential of the kids that come through our dance school have and where we can sort of slot them and we have like a, a lot of students now that i see that are coming out of school and having that uh don't know a direction on where they're going and we're providing them a direction with their dancing. Yeah. It might not be that they succeed with dancing and go, but they have a vision. So they're get learning all the, the qualities of what we're trying to create for our school through us. And we see them grabbing onto it and going yeah. like, I can be a dancer. And even if they don't make it, they know whatever they have backed up, they have the confidence to go, yep, it's easy. I'll be able to do so and so and X and Y. Yep. But if they do go as a dancer, they're confident in like, if I don't know, if I get shut down and know that, well, I'm not good enough or a thing, well, I'll go learn that from somewhere. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? They won't get, sh if they, the thing with our kids, we made them resilient. We made them yeah. to be like, you get shot down, you get up, you go, whatever they gave your feedback is, you learn that. Yeah. Okay. You don't have, to. so they ha don't have an excuse to say you're not good enough. Yeah. And so like that, and you've got to be happy in your image. So with how they look and yeah. stuff like that, and you just sell your look. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you, you know what you, I mean? You, you got to be like authentic. Yeah. yeah. So that's what we sell from our studio. And, and like, you can come up and watch anytime the vibe that we create up there. And it's just for my younger kids too. It's not about learning dance. It's about learning confidence yeah. and how to 
get there because it's simple for me to make a routine for these kids like but i want to create like the mindset for the kids to be like happy get through anything they're at a young age so we want to i want to like i want to like make them feel good about who they are as individuals you know yeah well obviously because i like train at one strength i see well before you know lockdown and all that sort of stuff you'd see like it'd be the afternoon like all the kids would come from school and stuff and it's not kind of like one type of kid that goes dancing like you there's that many different types of like sizes shapes all that sort of stuff that are up there doing their thing and they're all doing it to like together i think that's what i think is like the coolest part about like what you guys are doing up there definitely that's an awesome little point to pick out like for me it's like i make it like i set the rules out for the kids like for the little ones i'm like man no bullying in here no like hitting or punching we're all about encouraging each other and we're all about having fun. Yeah. And I'm ruthless too. So if I see a kid bully, he'll sit straight down. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I just don't stand for that. And it's the immediate effect that you need to give those kids straight away to understand that bullying's not cool. Yeah. And you don't want to be missing out on the part of having so much fun with the group. Yeah. And, and the yeah. parents love that too because I'm very like uh, I know what I'm doing with their kids, so they're happy to drop them off and leave, knowing that their kid's gonna have a very good experience. Yeah. And knowing that if there's an issue. I'm not going to hide away from it and like try to put it under the rug. I'll go up to the parents straight away and say, Hey, um, this is what happened. Like it was, and I'll have the kid present as well. So then the parents know, and then to like make the parents, um, aware that this is happening, but don't feel afraid to not bring him up next week or like that. And it's always, it's always a personal conversation. I never try to do it in front of anyone. You just do it. So then they get a good understanding and then the kid comes back next week next weekend he's he's awesome and the parents are good it's and it's good break for the parents as well drop them off so then the kids can get all their energy out before um, before they have to go and do whatever and stuff like that so it's just i think where i'm going with the vision for our dance school with panio is just like creating the next generation of amazing talent in general because there's a lot of kids there that i can see being actors or being like a uh, like an influencer or yeah. something like that and it's just trying to make that happen for them now yeah well that's what i was going to say a little bit earlier how like you're pushing them to do stuff whether like they got a talent stuff you're encouraging the chase that sort of thing there's mm. like especially like when they're young and it's like you got your whole 20s to make a bunch of mistakes and all that sort of stuff like yeah. choose the stuff that's gonna pay the mortgage and stuff later like yeah do all that sort of stuff because there's nothing well and not that there's anything wrong with it but like if you were a coach footy coach and you had like this kid that was like going to be the next nrl superstar kind of thing but he chose like a a trade because that was the easier way to go because like there was risks in following that sort of thing Mm. that's like to me that's one of the biggest like the saddest things not that like becoming a trader or anything's bad or anything but like you would see heaps of kids come up with heaps of potential and stuff and the thing that they're lucky to have is people like you and Pania that are like pushing them to be like oh, give this a go first like yeah go go fucking like you only get one shot of this shit yeah don't like have your fallbacks and all that sort of stuff but put all the effort into this first yeah which that's is cool. it and that's exactly what we do too and we talk to the parents about that because some yeah. of the parents are like oh we don't know if she's ready or oh and i'm like just trust us yeah, yeah professionals yeah. and what the industry is yeah we can see that we can see um, so-and-so going, making yeah. it, as long as you guys push her in that right direction yeah. or him in that right direction. And they just like, it's cool that we have the confidence of the parents to go, okay, cool. We'll base it around dancing. And I go, don't ever forget that 
they can do both at the same time so and that's too like with like you said with people in like in orange we're so talented and i can i've seen a lot of people that can make it in what they're doing like in football or soccer and stuff they just need the right people or the right things to push them in the right direction and give it a go and the belief in themselves yeah as well. yeah there's so many we we as orange should have the most people in um in training facilities or like in the next generation of the tigers or the raiders like those like those camps that they go to to yep. you know we should have more we should have the most yeah but it's just we have that you know it's just figuring out how and like you said it's just the development of like people's brains to at a younger age they just don't know and some kids just don't feel like doing it at the time or yeah, and they want to push themselves the risk path yeah, and stuff yeah. like that too. I think that's what social media has pulled down on a lot of kids is just like like they get so sucked into doing looking at their Facebooks and yeah. Instagram and getting sucked into that instead of wanting to you when you do that you're already sucking your energy out to so you're losing focus and stuff and you get sucked in there. Yeah. And so they don't want to go out there and do the extra extra yeah, hours well, training that, that, at the football field compared to when back in my day you'd see you could ride drive around to any park and you see kids with their dad or like their mates doing like drills or yeah. kicking through the goalposts like a hundred times yeah. i like could name heaps of people back in my generation that would just go to the field and be just pumping like a hundred kicks through that thing yeah man like, but um and that's the thing with social media too you only see the end result very rarely do you see like the video of the kid in his garage trying to do head spins a hundred times and then post up that video of him failing a hundred times yeah, kind of thing. you exactly. know what i mean like but um what's in the next 12 months what's the next what's the next steps for doves and dimes like what do you guys got planned yeah definitely for for the next 12 months it's just been real hard with lockdown but it hasn't um it hasn't really pushed our vision for where we're going as um doves and dimes obviously we just have to adapt to every time lockdown happens which will which will happen um we'll go back online for zoom and stuff but we're just going to keep with our um we have level ups yep so that's when we get like the big name choreographers um, either down or doing zooms yep so gives those kids opportunities around the central west and it, we can see a slow growth of people slowly coming out of their dance schools to come and do our workshops yep you know what i mean and we open it up always to everyone it's just whoever gets there first because yeah, we're yeah. limited to spots and it always sells out straight away yeah because we have our students and then we have a lot of other people come come through i think that mentality for um some dance owners i know you want to keep your own to to you because it's like what you make it's the money and it's what you've nurtured and built and it's 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 hard to see a student go yeah to another school yeah but for us it's just like we're obviously making uh, we only do hip-hop yeah so like if they come to enjoy it and they um they do it it's just one class of your classes that you have and they're going back to your school and bringing that yeah. that ability to you guys so they're going to obviously excel and excel your school yeah, as well yeah so for me i think people are just going to be more open-minded to understand that we're gonna just keep doing us and making um making our school bigger we still we still haven't hit our full capacity of students that we can we've grown from 35 to 110 
Fuck. From the orange PCYC we jammed. Uh, that's where it sort of put me and Pioneer on the, can we do this? Yep. Because we won one, cl- one class and we're like one, it was like 35 kids. It's like, oh, yes, all right. In one day for three hours. Yeah. Let's try to do it for a week, Monday to Friday. And we only have two classes in those days. We haven't made more classes because we're just trying to f- slowly build to then yep. open up more classes and stuff. I think that's, we're going to keep doing that so we can open more classes and offer more. I still love doing my beginner adults class because I got a lot of parents and like a lot yeah, of people man, interested sick. in. Yeah. At this time, I had like twenty, and obviously, I know it's just going to be sort of like it's a it's a different movement for people and um, a vibe. So I just like it was really cool. I had a lot of ladies come in and they were so super hyped of like dancing again. But yeah. then lockdown sort of just we weren't allowed to do open classes. Yeah, I think, but I'll still do those. Those classes, I think just building our school more because we've only been open for like this will be nearly our second year at above one, one strength, strength. Yep. yeah. So, and having that support from Lyle and one strength, and um, that's been awesome. And just looking out for us and whatever opportunities come, they sort of we just sort of talk and we sort of bounce off each other, and it's it's really cool to be there, yeah, above yeah. there. It's yeah. like it's in it's the like, environment, yeah, yeah, it's just. It's awesome. And we've had a lot of um, um, parents bring their kids up and dance from One Strength and use their gym. So we're sort of working amongst that without pushing it. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It just, just happens or- naturally. organically happen, which is cool. For the next 12 months, definitely just build our school a bit more, do bigger things. And obviously, eventually want to do this lockdown pisses off, then um, a massive show in Orange, like yep. a full, like, heavy show like because obviously being in the industry i've got a lot of artists like that can yeah yeah became my good friends that come and like put on an awesome show so that's our next i think our next up will be like a huge dance like dancers get to learn off the best choreographers but then get to watch a massive show with like international artists normal like the visions there like once we get it clicked It'll be massive. I yeah, man. Once see. we pass through this threshold of COVID and stuff too, I think you guys will find we'll probably have more people sign up just because everyone's been locked down for so long and want to fucking do something. Yeah, so that's what we're <clears> hoping, <throat> but that's what I'm more excited about. Like just what what's ahead. Yeah. But just obviously lockdown's just it's such a pain in the ass. Yeah, but man, yeah. I agree. That was fucking good. Lyle pissed off because uh Tent City turned into Tornado City. <laughs> But, um, no, man, that was awesome. That's it. Hey, thanks for having me, guys, on the mm-hmm. Lyle and Swanee show. It's been awesome. It's been a good experience. I've, I've always sort of been looking at your guys' podcast and the people that you have on, and I was like, bro, I want to be on this show. And then today was the day. <laughs> We're definitely okay. getting more people. If you have any recommendations whatsoever or self-nominees to come on the show, definitely. hit us up. 100% once I always like there's a lot of people that I bring from Sydney that were like ex-NRL players or like people in the music industry that you guys sing and I'll definitely swing them by here and yeah, get it because I, I believe in this sort of this little vision and the vibe in the in the little studio we have here is awesome like, we I'm do a talk it. shit I don't even think we have I don't even know if we have a vision for this sort of stuff <laughs> <laughs> no it is it's so good. yeah alright cheers Thanks, guys. guys peace sweet that was cool That was mad.